You're listening to CLNS Media, powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. I caught one. Okay. You did? I did, but it bounced once. Okay. <laughs> it bounced once. It came right at me, and I put my beer down. And I grabbed it. Oh, okay. It was, uh, Dustin Pedroia. It was a foul ball. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah. Us for the sports that you have to pay, the, the the paying the ultimate price for the sports that you have to play. One of these guys who was here, Tony Clinicliero, got hit with a uh, fastball in the eye with Red Sox player. It was a promising, promising baseball player. Got hit in the eye and had double vision. Never was able to play again. Mm. That's crazy. Yeah. I remember a guy named, I think it was Bryce Flory. That happened to him. He was a pitcher. Ball came right back, hit him, and yeah. blood everywhere. Yeah. Luckily, he was all right, but yeah. it's scary, man. Yeah. It's dangerous. And then now you have fans getting hit. Fans getting hit? It's no. awful. It's about changing, you know, changing, the, um, changing the field, mm-hmm. changing, putting up fencing all the way, you know, all the way around. Mm-hmm. You know, it got hard, and it, it would seem like that would be, you know, easy to do. It's an easy process to do, but now, you know, block the vision of people. But I think I'd rather be safe than have a screaming 100-mile-an-hour ball yeah. shooting towards me. <laughs> like, With no time to react. Yeah, but, you know, <coughs> it takes away some things of fans who just want to catch freaking fly balls. Yeah. <laughs> I got it. I got it. Whoa, dude. Seriously. I got know. one. Okay, you did? I did, but it bounced once. Okay. <laughs> it bounced once, it came right at me, and I put my beer down, and I grabbed it. Oh, okay. It was, uh, Dustin Pedroia, it was a foul ball. This was like, it was probably like six years ago or something. Wow. Yeah. I think I might have got one when I was some playing. Was, you don't even like baseball. I'm surprised you No, no, no. I, I used to love baseball. Yeah? It's a big baseball fan so when I was coming happened? up. I just, the speed and the pace of the game, so slow. Compared to basketball and football, and you know, it's like I would probably be a great analyst for baseball because I got great stories to tell. Right. But you know, it's just like God, the game is, you know, four and a half hours. And, you know, <laughs> I'm like, good gosh. I mean, I know an NBA game, two hours, two hours thirty, three hours is like that's the topper right there. But you know, I always think of the uh, the journalists that have to cover baseball, man. Mm. Like, man. Not only do they play every single day, but you're you're working like eight hours <laughs> a night. Get to the game, and they're like, "Oh, we get here to the clubhouse at twelve o'clock." <laughs> the game is what time? Eight o'clock at night? <laughs> Hell, am I doing here? You spend the whole day. I got the no. Plus so you see, day. You're thinking about it from a player's perspective. I'm thinking about because I'm a reporter. No, I'm the thinking about from a reporter. No, I'm thinking about from a reporter. No, at least a. The players, okay, they're there and, you know, they can rest and do whatever they're going to do if they come there early and go to sleep, whatever. Reporters got to be on point. They got to do whatever they're doing for those many hours and and then cover the game. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I wonder wonder if they have that. They got to have that someplace in there. The Red Sox or some of these places where these players can go in and go to sleep. Yeah, they, they got nap rooms. They do? Yeah. Wow, okay. I'd I love that. But that's your life, man. Shit, I was You're playing baseball every single day for like, for what, like six months? Not even, because spring training is in, in February. 
It's like 10 months. 100 whatever games. Wow, that is crazy. Yeah, because it stops. Yeah. And if you're a DH, you're chilling, man. Catches and pitches reporting reporting sometimes in, you know, late February. So you got, the end's in October. So October's got November, December, January, February, and... Yeah, you're back at it. Yeah, you're back at it. Well, pretty NBA, much after New Year's, it's a wrap. NBA is over. NBA is very much like that. You think about it. Like if just for instance, if I cover some league games, mm. where would I be right now? Vegas. Vegas. Yeah. yeah Taking me, in the finals. Yeah, ask me about those some league games. I'd be like, Ooh, what? I'm about that man. Mm-mm. I gotta go next year. God bless I'm gonna you. Cover, I'm gonna cover it. God bless you. I'm not. You're not gonna have a good time in Vegas. You boys have a good time in Vegas. There's a lot of things to do, but shit, if you go into the damn game, I, I'm not interested in going to no arena and it's a hundred and something degrees outside to go in, inside to sit down and, and and go through. Oh no, no, and watch guys who, you know, who frankly most of them are not gonna be in the NBA. <laughs> I was just gonna say that's the real reason yeah, you want to go. Yeah, because <laughs> the talent level. Yeah, talent level. It was it definitely gonna be that. Manscaped, the number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Yeah, below-the-belt. We're talking about your balls. Not basketballs, but your actual balls between your legs, fellas. And it's time you give them a little more TLC, because I know nobody else is going to do that for you. But seriously, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. I love that line. So picture this, right? You're getting ready for a hot date. You're feeling pretty good. It's like date number three, maybe number four. Uh, so, I mean, anything could really happen. Um, so, you're up against the clock. You know, you got to get to this date, but you also got to clean the beans down below before you head out. And then all of a sudden, ouch! You just nicked yourself. Blood over the place. You got to change now. You're scrambling. It's a tough way to start the night. And unfortunately, this is all too common. That's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer, okay? Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology. So this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. Seriously, it'll have them looking cleaner than the Wimbledon courts out there. Say goodbye to snag balls and never, ever, ever use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. We've all done it, but no more. And what about the stank? Personally, I'm already good down there, ladies. But for some dudes, let's just say it doesn't smell like roses, especially in the middle of the summer. Manscaped has the crop preserver, okay? An anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer that will have your balls feeling and smelling like a million bucks. I mean, at the very least, it's a conversation starter back at the place. Come on, guys, get creative with it. And also get 20% off and free shipping with the code GARDEN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code GARDEN. Your balls will thank you. So you talk about ways to make baseball safer. Is there any way to make football safer to help these guys? Because CTE is a real thing. Everybody knows it. But at what point are they going to make particular changes that will actually help these guys? I don't know if you, what you can do. I don't either. I mean, they, the they, I don't think done, you can do anything. They, you know, well, they try to modify tackling. Uh, the quarterbacks are a lot better because you essentially you can't. They might as well have on like uh, you know flag football. If you rip something off of him, you, you know he's down. That that has helped uh, with the quarterbacks. But other guys who are on the line, you got three hundred guy, three hundred pound guys running each other full speed for you know entire game. 
I don't know how you how you do that. You know, they they say, well, you can't go with your head now. You can't slap anymore. So mm. things have changed, but overall, that's just a that's a that's a tough tough sport. Yeah. I mean, you and 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 even more so when you think about running backs. Uh, Earl Campbell was a great running back and a favorite of mine. He played with the Oilers. I see him occasionally down in Houston now. And essentially, he can't, he can't get up by himself. Wow. And he's not as old as I am. He's pretty much in a wheelchair. Wow. And that's from all the hits and the, the, the bones and all the cracking. Uh, McMahon, uh, the former uh, quarterback for the Bears, uh, when they did their whole Super Bowl shuffle, uh, yeah, he he has he carries notes around with him. Uh, to, and if he gets lost or he loses his, his 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 mind for a minute, he has a note that he can hand to some hand to somebody and say, "Could you call this person so they could come pick me up?" Wow. Uh, Tony Dorsett, another great football player for the Dallas Cowboys, great running back, has talked candidly how he has um, he's afraid and that is. His children, his daughters are afraid of him because of the mood swings. Mm. And he's afraid of himself because of the mood swings. So that would be so scary. We both, you and I both saw the you know, movie Con- Concussion. Concussion yeah. And Will Smith um, did a great job in it. But it showed former um, uh, Webster. He was the center for uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm. Uh, he was always known as one of the toughest guys around because... I don't care how cold it was, how hot it was. He'd always go out there, and he he was always short sleep. Always had short sleeps. Mike Webster, and he was tough as nails, but ended up having you know having bouts of um, of um, just not even knowing who he was. And eventually, he was one of those people that killed himself. So, and then now we talk about guys that we knew. One of the guys that played for the Patriots for a while, Junior Seau. Junior Seau was one of those guys who loved the game. His family loved him, and it was one of those moments that was so tragic. When you think about who he was as a player, and to see that he went out and killed himself, that really just cemented everything for me mm-hmm. uh, as a legacy. When you think about football players and what they have to go through to play, you know their sport. Uh, Daryl Stingley, a lot of people have forgotten about him, but he was a um, a wide receiver for the Patriots. He got hit by Jack Tatum at the time, a linebacker, not a linebacker, but a, a mean DB mm-hmm. for the Oakland Raiders. They used to call him the assassin. And uh, he hit him. He wasn't he really wasn't even going to catch the ball. And uh, Tatum just propelled right into the body, into the, into the head, and broke his neck, and he never walked again. Wow. So there are things about that particular sport to me which are crazy. Now... Uh, mixed martial arts. Mm-hmm. To me, who's going to be the first person that's going to be paralyzed and killed or, in that? In that. Killed in front of everyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Because that is a you can't you can't kick a guy, you can't punch a guy harder than you can you kick, can a, kick guy. a guy. You yeah. can kick a guy a lot harder. Mm-hmm. And guys are using their legs, their elbows, and. All that stuff, and you know, choking you out. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about with the elbow. I mean, at least when you have boxing gloves on, you're hitting the guy, and there's pads between you and the gloves. Mm-hmm. You hit the guy with your shin, and you get hit in the face. That's a bone. 
That's one of the strongest bones out there. Hits you in the face, hits you in the nose. Or you see these guys, you know, pull them on somebody's neck. It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. it's like, <laughs> dude, are you serious? It's, I mean, I would, the sports is, is a, it's an exciting sport, but man, I would never allow my child to be in that. I was going to ask you, would you? No. What did your What did your grandkid want to play? No. What about football? Football, I think, is different, but I would try to steer him away from it. Basketball is the one sport that is probably the possibilities of you getting hurt probably a lot, you know, a, a lot less. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we recently saw um, Brown, uh, Jalen Brown, go up his last year or the year before, and he goes up in Minnesota and tries to dunk the ball. And his hands slip off the mm, rim, his scary. feet fly out, right. and literally landed on the back of it. If it hadn't tucked his head, he'd have fell around his neck right and broke his neck, his neck and yeah. it would have been a completely different story. He would have been paralyzed for life. But basketball, to me, is a lot easier. Uh, the fact of the matter is, I think that I can remember, uh, you know, when I played, of having several concussions. But we didn't know anything about concussions. Oh well, we knew you were concussed, but the protocol was the protocol was keep playing. The protocol was to put two ammonia tablets capsules up your nose, breathe, and then your hair your head was gonna clear up and you're able to play. (laughs) Get back out there. No man, I remember having the one I remember having was making a play against Daryl Dawkins, coming in, getting a three point play. And watching the ball and going off the court. And back then in the garden, they used to have the tables for the riders. And I was going back looking, fell off the court, and then my head hit the back of the uh, reporter's table. And I remember trying to get up. My coaches, everybody came, you know, to pick me up. And I remember just being so nauseous. Mm-hmm. Didn't know what it was until later, years later that we had a couple of players on our team that happened to them. And, uh, and I remember one guy in particular, he just, he started to throw up. And what they're telling you is that your equal, your brain is still moving in your head. Mm-hmm. And so you have that, your equilibrium is kicked off and, and that makes you nauseous and all those things. And, and I had that and had the ringing in my ears and hydrated. all that stuff. And this is just, yeah. a, it's a crazy moment. And, now basketball is this whole protocol about concussions, which to me is really, really good. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking more about the player. But, uh, yeah, there, there are times when almost every sport has something mm-hmm. that can be dangerous. Yeah, I just remember the look on Jalen Brown's face. I mean, he had his eyes open. It was just wasn't moving. He was completely still. That was a very, very scary moment. And it was just something that could have happened to anyone. You know? Yeah, yeah. And it, and, it, and it really was funny because I ended up talking to Jalen about that particular play. And the craziest part was they were about to put him on the stretcher, and then all of a sudden he jumped up. I'm okay. I'm all right, everybody. <laughs> I'm like, Jalen, how'd you do that? He said, I didn't want to be carried off. I did not want to be carried off. And everybody was just like, yeah, yeah. the whole crowd just went yeah. down. Got on I mean, feet. that your fear, your worst fear as a player in any sport is to walk on the field or run on the field and then to be carried off that mm-hmm. field. Uh, that is that's your worst fear, your worst nightmare in, in any kind of sporting uh, thing that you do. I was in Cleveland when, when uh, Gordon Hayward got hurt. I'll never forget that. I mean, even after minutes after minutes removed from the moment, you could just still feel it in the arena. 
this is in Cleveland, you know, this is not that it well, matters, but it's just being on the road, it was crazy to see all these diehard Cavs fans legitimately concerned. Yeah, I mean, you think about, and there was one play, I think the kid who played at Louisville a couple years ago. Oh, that's uh, right, yeah. Playing basketball. They had the court said, elevated. Yeah, the court was elevated, yeah. and he falls right near his teammates, and they look at his leg, and his leg was mangled. It was broken in so many different ways. And all those guys, to a player, covered their head. They ran away. Was it was like, yeah. yeah. So those are those are moments that you just, you know, that you cringe when you think about guys mm-hmm. playing the game. Uh, mine is, I, I think about a fight in particular was uh, Rudy Tomjanovich. And that was many years ago. People oh, forgotten right. about that. Yeah. Him and Kermit Washington had a... Uh, well, it wasn't really a fight. Rudy was coming over to break it up. Smashes and, draw. And really? Kermit just turned around and gave the perfect punch. Hit him right now. He hit him right in the nose. Broke his nose and the bone and everything. Jaw and everything. And and people said, even that who who played in that game, they always said it sounded like somebody had dropped a melon on the ground. Jeez. That the punch sounded like that. And um, Rudy, for for many years, it was uh, Rudy had Rudy probably still is going to have some. You know, I, I remember I played it with Houston and played under Rudy uh, at the time. He was assistant coach for Bill Fitch, and um, just remember Rudy saying, you know, there was times he still couldn't. His taste was off, and the craziest thing about all that was Kermit Washington got suspended for probably about 50 games that year. It was early in the season. And he got traded. The next place he got traded to was Boston. Boston it was yeah. my second year. And he comes to be on our team. I'm thinking, oh, my God, this guy's going to kill me. He couldn't have been He couldn't have been more nice. And he showed me these things. The people, you know, send him letters, death threats, and all those things that happened. Wow. So it was, uh, it, was, it was something to see it from afar. But then it was even crazier to see it up close. Did he ever talk to you about it? No, no, no. nobody ever talks about that. He just, he just made mention of people sending them letters. Just but, the letters, yeah. yeah. But nobody, he didn't say anything about the punch because everybody. It was just, it, it was one of those things where he was fighting with somebody and he saw a blur. Somebody running up to him, so he assumed that it was somebody who was coming to punch him. Mm-hmm. So in his defense, he just, you know. He, his instinct, he just swung, and he hit Rudy with the, I guess would be called the perfect punch yeah. that almost killed him. Wow. When does the NFL eventually, like, is there going to be a point where there's no NFL? Is that something, is that a realistic possibility, whether we're talking 2040 or whatever year? I don't think so. <clears throat> the reason because I think it, somebody's always going to want to step up um, and and play the game. If you're talking about one of the most um, visible sports in America, there's somebody who's going to step up. Now, has there been a reduction in athletes who play that particular sport? Yes, because there are a lot of moms and a lot of dads out there who have seen, you know, football accidents, who've seen the movie Concussion and Mm -hmm. said, no, my my son's not playing that. My son's not going to play that sport. So I think that their talent level has gone down with the people that they can get to come and play. Mm-hmm. But I, I always believe there's going to be a line to play football uh, because I just, I just don't, I don't, 
because the game is still so popular. Yeah, I think it's twofold. It's because of the popularity. <clears throat> it's because of the popularity, but it's also, in my opinion, the money. Oh, yeah. I mean, well, someone's always going to be willing always, to sign that contract. always show me the money. Yeah, exactly. I always show the money. I think, and now I just talked to a player yesterday, and we were talking about it. He said, well, one thing has happened now that the NFL now is starting to guarantee a lot more of his contracts where – you know, if a guy made forty million dollars in the NFL, he could sign a contract for forty million dollars and turn around and make four million. Mm-hmm. And they cut him the next week or something. The only good thing about NFL contracts to me was the fact that a lot of times you got your money up front. Yeah. So you got a signing bonus of you might make thirty million, you get a signing bonus of fifteen and then you work off the salary throughout the year. But um from but that's basically the only thing I saw from professional football that I went oh yeah I could do that I don't like playing in cold weather so that would already cancel me out I, <laughs> I don't even want to watch the Patriots play I was somebody wanted to give me one of the crafts wanted to give me Jonathan wanted to give me tickets to a game the Patriots were playing in early December in for, at Foxborough. I said, no, no, thank you. I mean, even if I was in their box, I still don't want to be in the cold weather and I don't want to fight the traffic. So for me, nah, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I went to one playoff game. I'll never forget this, right? It was against the Broncos. Uh, Tim Tebow was the quarterback. Okay. The Pats crushed them. They were up by like four touchdowns by halftime. I'll never forget this. I'm sitting there. I already have like, what did I do? I did like two sweaters, a jacket, a pea coat. Gloves. I went all out. I've never done this before. I think it was about a nice, balmy, what was it, about 17 degrees out, something like that. I'll never forget this. I'm going to go to the bathroom, right? I put my drink down, put my beer down, I go to the bathroom. I leave. I'm gone for like 10, 15 minutes. I come back. Max, my beer is a slush. Oh, wow. Completely like a slush. It wasn't like a little icicles in it. No, completely converted into a, a slush beer. Oh, that cold. Yeah. That's I, how cold it was. That, By the third quarter, I said, you know what? I think I know who's going to win this. I don't let's, care. Let's call it a night. No, it wouldn't have been that. I don't care who's going to win. <laughs> that would be my thing. I, I, I've never been to a, a Pats playoff game. I had to see what it was like, but I was freezing, like, I, man. Let's see what it's like. I can see what it's like at, at home, <laughs> in my lounge chair, my whatever it might be. No, I, I can't. I, I, I am amazed. And when you think about, you know, some of the colder places, like, you know, playing in... Um, uh, Green Bay, mm. where the temperatures, they've had some wind chills at 30 and 40 below. Dude's got no shirt on. Oh, my God. No I'm, dude, I don't care how much alcohol I got in me. I don't care how many drugs I got in me. I can't do that. You pull your shirt off? Oh, my God. You must just be numb. I mean, it would take me days, not not. Hours it take me days to warm up. <laughs> I'd have to go sit in a hot tub. Come on, man! You gotta get out there, show your support. No shirt. You now, gotta put the, the team's to, logo uh, on your yeah. body, oh, paint yeah. it on. Yeah, that was one of the things the guy told me. He said that was at Green Bay. Guys would systematically pull down their pants when the other team came out and like you know Green <laughs> Bay G-R-E. yeah, yeah, yeah all the way all the way down say jeez I could oh, there's nothing in the world that would oh can make me like that I mean I like a baseball sometimes a baseball playing in, in October and playing in early April those are killers 
I don't mind hot days. I could deal with yeah, that, same. but it was but it was the the cold days of baseball when it snow, and then during the winter time when they you know when the World Series and guys are out there with gloves on, they say, "Oh my gosh, no, no." Because remember, baseball for the longest time, well, when I was coming up, the World Series were always during the day. Mm-hmm. There were no night games. The World Series during the day, people would sneak home. So they could watch the World Series. That's crazy. I can't picture that. Yeah, they, I, I, I always hear stories about that. Yeah, you, yeah you, there wasn't anything about that. Like now, it's like, hey, you know, it's going to be a prime time game. Yeah. It's going to be seven thirty. This is when it's going to come like on. One. No, those <laughs> games, <laughs> those games started at three o'clock and two o'clock and twelve o'clock. It was done by dinner and, time. And yeah, but way before <laughs> dinner time. It was before almost you got home from school. You might catch the last inning or something. So. That to me, that's that, and I mean, and it's changed because of um, TV ratings. Mm. You know, my uh, my first championship in 1981, uh, when the Celtics played the Houston Rockets, that game was tape delayed. And what I mean, people are like tape delayed. What do you mean it by that? Live. Well, it wasn't live. Yeah. They would tape the game and run the game at 11 o'clock at night. So there wasn't even a lot. NBA, that's how far the NBA has come, where the games are live now. And one time, again, they were, it was a tape delayed game on CBS late at night. Now you can't imagine, you know, with TNT and, and you know, uh, Turner and, and having um, uh, ABC and ESPN. You can't even imagine having games like that, which aren't primetime games. And now they even show them, you know, they they want to do some of those games like that, you know, on the Christmas Day. Those are, I think that to me, that's almost seems like when the season starts for me. Yeah. When you had that first NBA Christmas yeah, game, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that whole lineup the way they mm-hmm. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you imagine some of these players, if, if that was still the case, you play ball and then you go home and watch yourself play. Oh my gosh! But you can't. I I'm just so excited about this year. Just the I don't know what the lineup is going to be this year. Mm. I mean, can you imagine if you were a Laker or a Clipper fan and seeing on trying to like when did these two teams play yeah. their first game? It's gonna be Christmas, or is it, you know it's gonna be you know it's gonna be a Christmas game. It's gonna be them. You got Celtics versus Nets. That's happening. Oh, that's probably gonna be a Christmas game. Yeah. Well, either be and Celtics for the most part don't play at home, so I'd probably say we might end up being in uh, uh, Brooklyn for I don't Christmas. Know, the last two years has been at home. Well, we we'll we have, but for the most most it's part, rare. Yeah, yeah, most part in, in my. And I've been around the Celtics now for over over forty something years, uh, and um, they have had, as you said, the last two games have been at home. Mm-hmm. These are only two games in forty years the Celtics have ever played at home. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. It used to drive me nuts during the, the the Pearson KG era, especially the year after they won it all. I'm like, you're not gonna have it at home for the champs. Like they're the champions. Why can't people come to Boston on Christmas? I thought it was a thing that like, people just didn't want because it was too cold or something. And then, of course, New York is New York. New York's always going to have, they're always going to play at home on Christmas. You know, the Mecca, Mass Square Garden. No, back, back, back then. No, back then it was uh, the Ice Capades was always in town. The Ice Capades had signed, oh, back then, but now they had signed a contract with the, 
with the garden at that time, and they always had the ice capades running at Christmas. So the, there was no Bruins, no Celtics ever going to be playing during that time. Now the ice capades, I guess, is gone, and the opportunities now for the Celtics actually to play at home. But you think of something else. When's the last time you saw an NBA All-Star game here in Boston? Never. Never. Wasn't the very first one in Boston? I don't even know. I think that was the only one. I don't I don't remember. All I know is that the NBA All-Star game, as long as I've been around, and the Celtics have never really wanted the game because, yeah. you know, you got to do so much for your fans. You got to get all the hotels. The NBA comes in, essentially takes over, and it's not even really your product. So it, it's. Uh, I, I would love to know when the Celtics eventually are going to take one. It's going to be interesting to see what that happens. What's going to happen when Kyrie comes back? Oh, man. It's going to be an interesting year. What happens when Kyrie comes back? What happens when Paul George goes back to OKC? Mm. I'll ask you a question right now. Does um, does um, Kawhi, does he go back to... Uh, Toronto, do they boo him? Oh, he gets a standing ovation. Okay. He All gets right. a standing ovation. Why? Got them a championship. Yeah, you got a championship, but you left that them. That country is you left starving for a championship. Yes, but you left them. But he did what he had to do. You left them. He got, fans he don't, got you a championship. Fans don't like... Done. If you are If you are a player and you get traded, fans love you. If you are a player and you decide to leave the team... And go play someplace else. Yeah, but Mac, this wasn't fans gonna hate be a you. Dynasty. They I know that. Fans, I, I, fans will be the first one to say. It. I understand that, but I'm just telling you how fans are. That when you mm. decide to leave them, a lot of fans feel jaded. That entire country feels jaded right now. Although you won them a championship, and there's going to be great appreciation for you, there's some fans right now that feel jaded. There were people who were literally standing outside of hotels because they thought Kawhi might have been. At the hotel in Toronto, <laughs> there were planes, there were helicopters following planes in and out of the airports and landing in Toronto to see if Kawhi was on that plane. What we will give Kawhi is this is the quietest signing we've ever seen of any major yeah. superstar. No one had any idea. Where nobody, he nobody. And he was dragging this thing out. Even past the 4th of July. I thought the 4th of July he would make that announcement. Yeah, yeah. Past the 4th. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I don't know, man. You put, you put in teams in a tough position because you got free agents being signed left and right and teams are in a standstill because they don't know if, if they're going to have to keep that money for Kawhi. That really is true. I mean... Danny you know, Green didn't even make a decision because he's waiting to see what Kawhi's well, going to do. Well, you find out even with that, even with Kawhi, when he did it with the Lakers, the Lakers went out and spent that money. Mm. And got, you know, Rondo and Boogie Cousins. If they had held on to that money, guess who they probably could have had? Mm. CP. LeBron's best friend. Yeah, that's true. You could have had him. And and how good would that would have been with Rondo and and Chris Paul <laughs> on the same team. <laughs> that's not happening. <laughs> Two guys who hate each other. <clears throat> who hate each other. Speaking of fights, that was a good fight. Yeah, that was oh, yeah. a throwback. Yeah, that was. You, a, you don't see those nowadays. Yeah, that was. A, they yeah. were really swinging. It wasn't one. That was. That, that wasn't the whole like yo, hold me back, hold me back. I'm pretending to be a, tough. That and was nah, a good. That Rondo, was Rondo a, wanted to get. I mean, it's hand. just like, but you know, who who has the weakest fights of them all? What sport has the weakest? Fights? Oh, the NBA. No, by a mile. No, no, no. What are you gonna say, baseball? Baseball. He's got to run all the way out to the mound. Baseball. Man. Baseball. He had Ninety feet. Look. 
do you see how those guys jog back in from you know on the, <laughs> on the bullpen? That's the best part. <laughs> Let's jog in. <laughs> they sprint. Well, let's jog on back. It's like, are you serious? Are you serious? That is like the weakest. Oh my god, that to me is the weakest of them all. No, but the funniest is to see the batter just pretend like he's cool. He's not that mad. He's not that mad. That he just books yeah, into the mound. That's my favorite. Well, he books into the mound, but sometimes a pitcher would throw the ball at him, or you know, duck or. That that's funny, but it's not you know. You got like two seconds to get your licks in. Oh, you got, yeah, you got, yeah, and it's, yeah. And it's a wrap. You got forty guys all over each other yeah, at that point. Yeah, that was that was. But come on, man, these NBA players—they don't even. You can just tell from the beginning. That, they're not no, trying that's to true. That's true. Back I, in the I, day, was different. NBA is pretty much just a rubbing head contest. Exactly. Everybody rubbing your head on your. And I used to love to see Kevin Garnett would say, "Yo, right, man, come on, yeah. let's let's get." And they would rub their heads against but each he never other. Wants to fight. Uh, no, you never fight. You're right. You're you're right. Baseball, basketball has to be right, right among it. But baseball, to me, is funny because of the guys coming from the uh, bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Let's go. <laughs> what, what, it's over. Okay, <laughs> let's go back. Now the NBA has no, done the funniest, something. The funniest is if the dudes to warm it up. Yeah, <laughs> stop throwing pitches and cuts. And, and it's funny because it over. because the NBA now has almost. Done a thing where they've almost eliminated the 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 brawl mm-hmm. because of the guys who they you can't come off the bench. Yeah, I mean That's people true. want to say like, well, how? Why are you saying that? Well, they have a rule now in the NBA. If you are a third person, yeah. if you come off the bench, you're going to be suspended for yeah. so many Phoenix, games. Phoenix if you, got hit bad if, you if you step on the court, right? And you cross over. So now the coaches, the coaches. The assistant coaches are all they they practice this now mm-hmm. where they'll have a, like fights on and they have the assistant coaches run and they make they form like a human shield. Yeah. So none of the players on the bench can get on the floor. Yeah, right. So it's just really it's NBA has done it. You know, they, they've kind of curtailed that since the, you know, I, I think the best one, the best <laughs> fight. About to say, man. Yeah, the palace. Detroit, Miles in the palace. Man. Max, I watched that for like this is this is when like ESPN News was like the go-to channel because there was nothing but you know news mm-hmm. every half hour they refresh. I watched they, they spent the whole half hour on the fight, <laughs> and I watched it like I watched two hours straight of it. I couldn't get enough, man. It was insane. And I just got home. I had just missed it by like probably forty-five minutes or so. I remember and somebody. I, I think I think we were on a plane and somebody called. And when we landed, everybody said, "Oh my God, what happened in Detroit?" I'm like, "What happened?" And they showed it, and it was just like you could see Ron Artest. Literally has started something with somebody else. He's laid on the table. And oh hell, somebody throws some ice and hits him. That solo cut. Oh, and he goes up and he starts whooping the ass. No, no. You know who whooped the ass? Yeah. You know who? No, no. Stephen Jackson. Stephen Jackson. Swing, swing (laughs) for the fence. Oh, my God. And then on top of that, the other one was uh, uh, Jermaine O'Neal. Jermaine O'Neal. And there was one guy who was on the floor. And Jermaine O'Neal just... Tag the guy. <laughs> it was just like, oh my god, spectators, man. That was just drunken oh, fans. Yeah, that, that was, was that was chaos. That was because the guy who probably got hit by the ice, he didn't even do nothing. <laughs> 
he was just near where the ice came from. And you could just see him like, oh, hell, what's going to happen? And those guys came up. They were, they were swinging for the fences. Oh, my God. It was, it was the wildest thing I think I've ever seen. In sports, and I mean, I remember some hockey times where the guys would, you know, go over the uh, um, the plexiglass, plexiglass yeah. or pull somebody in and yeah. beat that. But for you to run four or five, you know, run up ten, ten, <laughs> ten things, rows in the stairs <laughs> and start swinging, that was just crazy. <laughs> and some of these guys was trying to actually swing back. Like, oh, yeah, insane, but I mean, just professional the, athletes and the money that was lost in that. I remember Ron Artest said it cost him about four million dollars. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Steven Jackson said the same. Yeah. Yeah. He, he actually brought that up recently. He was talking about how he still thinks about that. Five yeah. Mil. I think it was three uh, or four mil. Yeah. Five mil. Something, something like that. When you think about, you know, you fighting, that's just crazy. Yo, that changed the security for every arena. I remember. You couldn't get anywhere near the floor unless you had a ticket. Hmm. And they just had extra security for every arena. The fleet center was different after that. I remember. You used to be able to get a little closer before the games, you know, before you head back to your seats. Well, you remember, that changed everything. Remember Boston in particular, and you think about the time that, um, you know, the N-word was used. Um, it, it, was, um, it was in um, uh, Red Sox game. At the Red Sox game, it was... Oh, you're talking about... Um Got the the Baltimore, yeah, Baltimore, Baltimore yeah. yeah, Adam Jones, Adam Jones yeah, was right, out right, in yeah. center field, yeah, and you know got called the N word, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, and they you know they were reporting it and going back and forth and suspended the guy and that's what the diversity was. I had some diversity training, you know, throughout all the team sports about you know things that couldn't be said by fans and mm-hmm. and fans rights and players rights and. Well, there's some things that player that sometimes fans do, you know, cross that line. Absolutely. I mean, you, you can't, you know. Yeah, they, the Westbrook incident, remember that? Yeah. Well, you know, the thing that was just scary about it and, and punkish to me is because you wouldn't say the same thing to a guy if you saw him walking down the street. Exactly. <laughs> and just because you paid yeah. a ticket doesn't mean you can just yeah, say whatever you want. said that. I remember, <laughs> I remember there was an incident where I went in the stands, and that was – I remember it was not Brent. It could have been Brent Musburger. It wasn't Brent Musburger, but it was one of the reporters said, um, I went in the stands and he said, Maxwell was wrong. Fans paid their tickets and they can say what they want to. No, no, they can't. No, they can't. No, they can't. No, no. They, you they, respect they, these guys. No, man. they can't. You can't say what you want to say. The big girls love that. Chicks love the last shot opportunity. Somebody give me a napkin so I can wipe my mouth. Ah.